0: Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey, and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. North and South, Chapter 2. This chapter is called Roses and Thorns and In some senses, it refers to the roses that were mentioned in chapter one about Helston, because in this chapter, Margaret and her father returned to Helston. But the thorns refer to perhaps some of the aspects of life at Helston that Margaret hadn't really noticed before, but which she notices now. The main thorn is that Margaret's mother, Mrs. Hale, is extremely dissatisfied with her husband and where they live and the kind of life that they live. Because Halston is a small parish it comes with a small salary Um, and it's also quite far away from other towns and places and Mrs Hale compares herself to her sister who obviously married someone wealthy and is now a wealthy widow in London, the most fashionable and busy place Um, and Mrs Hale doesn't even go to the wedding of her niece. Um, The reason that she doesn't go is because her grey satin gown was midway between oldness and newness. And because Mr. Hale doesn't have the money to give her a new outfit from top to toe, it says she would not show herself at her only sister's only child's wedding. And I think that description of the, the repetition of only sister's only child's wedding shows it's not a valid reason at all for her not to go. And she's being rather silly and preoccupied with herself to not go to the wedding because of the state of her dress. Now the contrast is drawn in this paragraph between Mrs Shaw and her sister because Mrs Shaw married for an economic reason. She chose someone who was much older than herself but who was very wealthy and uh, Mrs Hale married for love. So there's this contrast in in the chapter between Mrs Shaw who chose money, Mrs Hale who chose love, but now Mrs Hale seems to be regretting that her choice didn't come with money as well. Um, It says at the the end of the first paragraph that um, Mrs Shaw might say, "'Married for love, what can dearest Maria have to wish for in this world?' Mrs. Hale, if she spoke truth, might have answered with a ready-made list, a silver grey glacé silk, a white chip bonnet, oh, dozens of things for the wedding, and hundreds of things for the house. So a sense in which, years on, she married for love, but now there are more economic matters on her mind. And this continues the theme as the chapter develops. Margaret Um, is going home and she notices that her father is unhappy about something but she doesn't know what she says "Um, I'm so glad I'm going home to be at hand to comfort him and mama which again shows what we drew out in chapter one that she has a sort of relationship with her parents where she looks after them rather than the other way around there's a physical description of Margaret and it says her mouth was wide no rosebud that could only open just enough to let out a yes and no and aren't you please aren't please you sir so I think that refers to the fact that she is quite an outspoken character she doesn't just say yes sir no sir but she's got a lot to say for herself now the focus of the chapter is very much on Margaret's mother um, complaining all the time that the bishop doesn't give Mr Hale a better living that is more money and it says that there were long hours of discontent that margaret was unprepared for when she came home mrs hale says he is so thrown away seeing no one but farmers and labourers and she's referring to the fact that in this rural area of southern england Mr Hale is an educated man um, but his parish is full of farmers and labourers and she feels that this is a very low social position to be in. She wants to be closer to um, a family called the Gormans. Now what's interesting is Margaret's reaction to this because she says are those the Gormans who made their fortunes in trade at Southampton? Oh I'm glad we don't visit them. I don't like shoppy people. Now, this term, shoppy people, was a pejorative, that means insulting term that arose in the Victorian era era, to describe people who made their money in retail trade, which refers to the Gormans. Um, And what's interesting here is Margaret's referring to a traditional definition of um, social class. So, her mother says she shouldn't be so fastidious. And she says, Margaret replies, I like all people whose occupations have to do with land. I'm sure you don't want me to admire butchers and bakers and candlestick makers, do you, Mama? And so the traditional definition of a gentleman was, you know, someone who was born into um, owning land, um, which obviously is a definition that was being challenged in the Victorian era with these people making money through trade and rising up the social classes. What's important here is it establishes Margaret's snobbery towards people in trade and of course when they do move to Milton that's going to be challenged straight away. Now it says that Mrs Hale is a little uh, inclined to compare her sister's circumstances of ease and comfort with the narrower means at Halston Vicarage. So she's looking at her sister all the time who's in London um, and she's looking at herself thinking that it's not good enough. But the irony is obviously as the novel progresses she's going to look back at Helston with rose-tinted spectacles as well because she's going to see that actually things are very pleasant for them in Helston but she'll only realise that once it's gone. It talks about Mr Hale withdrawing into the library and very much just shrinking away in himself as a result of his wife's constant dissatisfaction. Then it introduces two new characters. One of them is Frederick, who's not there. Um, He's living overseas in Rio after a mutiny that happened at sea. Um, And we don't know the the story behind that, nor does Margaret. He's spoken of as poor Frederick. And then the other character is Dixon, who was Mrs Hale's servant before she got married and has stayed with her all her life and is very loyal. Um, And it says... Dixon had always considered Mr. Hale as the blight which had fallen upon her young lady's prospects. She was too loyal to desert her in the affliction and downfall, alias her married life. And so Dixon has, in a sense, the snobbishness of a servant who feels that her lady could have done better and married someone richer. The chapter ends on a bit of a sort of reveal that Mr. Henry Lennox has come to visit. And of course, immediately, the reader would be thinking that he must have come to make a proposal of marriage because there would be no reason for someone from London to go all the way down south uh, specifically to visit Margaret in this very remote location unless he was going to make her an offer of marriage. So the chapter ends, in a sense, um, having reflected on the reasons that Mrs Hale had for marrying Mr Hale and now their economic circumstances and asks the question really, what choice is Margaret going to make? Is she going to make an economic marriage and choose someone like Henry Lennox who's in fashionable society with a good income? Or is she going to follow her heart and choose love as well? If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests so if you want me to talk about a text you're studying get in touch. Thank you for listening see you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast.